Are you struggling with irregular periods, mood swings, or headaches, and just don't know where to go for help? Girl, I feel you, and I'm so happy you're here. I've been where you are, and I've now learned how to heal my hormones. If you are ready to finally get to the root cause of your period problems, mood swings, yes, even postpartum, and lack of sex drive, then grab your notebook and pen, or crayon if that's all you can find, and get ready to listen in. Welcome to another episode on the Hormone Healing Podcast. Today, we're talking about mood, estrogen, and birth control, and how all three of those are interrelated, what you can do about it, and different tips, tricks, and techniques to help you feel your best. And I'm super excited because today I have Atavia and Laura on right from England. They are guests on the show. I'm very excited. Atavia is a registered nutritional therapist and psychology and counseling graduate. She is she was and is keen to find a platform where she could share the most need to know facts about nutrition. She and her co-host Laura devised the idea for their podcast Teaching My Friend Nutrition, which aims to present relatable content in an entertaining format, which they truthfully do if you haven't heard them yet. Go listen to them now. Laura Bennett is a freelance singer and songwriter, having traveled Europe performing in bands and recording with producers on tracks, including drum and bass and house. She decided to turn her comedic skills to co-host podcasting with Atavia when she and her co-host developed the idea for teaching my friend nutrition to get you all more nutrition facts, and help you understand your bodies better. So, Atavia and Laura, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having us. Hi. Thank you for having us on. I'm really excited (laughs) about this. Yes, yes. And I appreciate you guys jumping on at such a late hour because, as you guys know, and for our listeners who are listening there from England, I'm currently recording in America. So there is a bit of a time difference here. So they have been so considerate in merging our schedules so this works so that you guys can get the best, most informative information. So I think this is going to be a great informa- um, a great episode for us all to to listen and hear and get to know each other better. Yeah, and should we just clarify who who we are, like which voice is which? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Atavia, the nutritional therapist. And I'm Laura, the inquiring mind. <laughs> there we go. So you have, if you can distinguish those two voices, now that's the real test at the end. Who's Atavia and Laura? Let's go. Whose voice is which? <laughs> anyway, so Atavia and Laura, could you just give me a little bit more of a background on um, where you are, how you guys started, and just your story? Yeah, so so Atavia and I met at a um, drug and alcohol um, residential project, didn't we? Um, and we met a couple of times after where, that where we worked. We did. yeah <laughs> yeah we were working there we weren't residents but you know your <laughs> <Still> time <laughs> um, yeah so um, we met there and um yeah we basically um got on really well we swapped numbers we've been friends for years and years and one day Otavia was just like why don't we just try and do a podcast um so we did just for fun we did some long rambling ones didn't we that were like an hour and a half talk about all sorts of stuff um and then we we decided we're just going to go for it and do it properly yes yes and i've i've checked out your your podcast a little bit and you guys talk about anything from gut health to ibs to reducing anxiety um and so many different topics am i right 
Yeah, so so our three main uh, pain points that we cover are acne, anxiety, and gut health. And we we do two episodes a week. On the Monday, there'll be myth busters, where we'll we'll we'll, we'll bust a myth about one of those things. And on the Wednesday, it'll be a bit of a deep dive. So we were really thinking about what would be the best content for us to cover. And we thought, what's something we've both struggled with, which is acne, anxiety, and gut health. And because they tend to go quite hand in hand for a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. it just made sense for us to cover those three. So so they're the, the three main pain points that we cover for mm-hmm. our listeners. Not, very, very good. Very good. And as you, uh, as our listeners are um, at this point are probably very well aware, I speak about hormones and a lot of hormones are the root cause of sometimes that anxiety, gut health, uh, IBS, and things like that as well. They all are very interrelated and interconnected. When you're trying to learn about your body and you're trying to understand your body better and really get to the root cause of whatever problem it is that you're struggling with, whether that is yeah, IBS, whether it is anxiety, or whether it is gut health or headaches or infertility or PMS, any of those things, they're really all interconnected. And you can't really just heal one without mm-hmm. in turn fixing a couple of other things because everything is interrelated. It's interconnected. The body really is just such a beautiful thing, like an orchestra. I like to think of it like an orchestra, you know, when one piece of that, the band or the orchestra is off, the whole rest of the orchestra is not going to sound the same, right? That piece of music is not going to be as, as synchronized as it could be. And that's the the analogy I like to use oftentimes with our body. So that's why I'm so excited that Atavia and Laura, you're on today because we're going to talk, since you talk a lot about anxiety and mood and things like that, I want to talk specifically about how the hormone estrogen can actually, um, estrogen imbalance can actually specifically impact mood and anxiety itself. So could you just kind of explain a little bit about how estrogen and anxiety interrelate with each other sure okay so I guess in terms of how we um format our podcast it's kind of me teaching Laura this stuff mm-hmm. so it works quite well because I can kind of maybe do do that bit of teaching you both so estrogen is really important for loads of different body factors but one of the things that it's responsible for is regulating our neurotransmitters so our brain chemicals and when you have an imbalance of estrogen so either too high estrogen or too too low your neurotransmitters can become imbalanced. So you might have an overproduction of what we call excitatory neurotransmitters, so things that are quite, make you a bit high and fast-taste, and an underproduction of things that are calming, like GABA, which is like a relaxation neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it can lead to things like anxiety. But not only that, but estrogen also activates what's called the HPA axis. So it's the mm-hmm. two parts of your brain that relate to your adrenals. And if you have an overproduction of estrogen, it can trigger that so that you end up being your adrenals are overactive, which makes you anxious. So a lot of people think that they need to focus on their thought process and things like that to try and calm anxiety. But actually, a lot of the time we need to look at it from the body. And then that's going to impact the mind rather than just focusing on the mind. Obviously, it can be into play sometimes. Um, but that's kind of a couple of the ways that estrogen can really impact anxiety. Mm, I really like how you said that a lot of times when we are struggling with anxiety, we start to think, okay, how can I do these mind mind techniques to really relax the mind? And yes, while you said that can work, you sometimes have to go to that body piece, that deeper piece, that root piece, that root cause, right? Which could um, essentially be that estrogen imbalance, whether estrogen is too high or too low. And so a lot of times I have females coming to me who do have an estrogen imbalance and it is too high. And have you ever seen anxiety appear in women whose estrogen is too low? 
Yeah, I think it can. How I kind of like to explain it to people is it it depends on your, we call it genetic weak spot. So we actually did an episode on, on your genetic predispositions because everyone will have a genetic weak spot. That might be you're more prone to anxiety. For some people, it's you're more prone to IBS. But when you pull out that little straw, when something goes wrong, it can trigger your genetic weak spot. So I've definitely seen that in some people where just the way that their estrogen imbalance impacts them and their susceptibility to neurotransmitters or inflammation, for example, like estrogen is really big in inflammation, which can lead to things like brain disorders and anxiety and depression. Um, I know that when I had estrogen dominance, I definitely had a lot of anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. But it can really, that's why it's so important to look at the individual because if you've got imbalanced estrogen, you're also going to have other things going on, like gut Mm -hmm. disorders, um, maybe some imbalance of your microbiome, so the bacteria in your gut, which can then lead to overproduction of bacteria that cause anxiety. Um, So yeah, it can definitely manifest differently for different people. Yes, absolutely. And what are some of those signs? Because you're talking about, oops, sorry, go ahead, Laura. Oh no, I was just going to say, is there... Oh, sorry, that you... Oh, no, it's okay. Um, Is there certain foods that you can, that put more estrogen than you need in your body? Yeah, well, there there are things called xenoestrogens, which may, maybe we could talk about now. I could tell you what a couple of those are if you guys want to know. Yes, let's hear about those xenoestrogens and how they increase estrogen in your body. Absolutely. So these are the ones that I've got are not so much food based, but more environmental based. So xenoestrogens are outside estrogens. They're really similar in, in structure to estrogens. So when you ingest them or you have them absorbed into your skin or your bloodstream, they act in the same way as estrogen, which can lead to a synthetic estrogen dominance. But things like the the pill, like oral contraceptive pill, obviously I have synthetic estrogen, detergents, BPA, which me and Laura always talk about BPA, which is a component in a lot of plastics or plastics, and things like pesticides or non-organic foods, they act, they have molecules in them which look like estrogen. So those are some main things. And also things like detergents or, you know, household cleaning products that aren't natural, fully plant-based, mm-hmm. um, can definitely have a zeno estrogen. So those are maybe more easy to avoid as well that, than looking at foods. Because they're mm-hmm. a little bit more easy to control. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so this is something that I actually have done a little bit on is the xenoestrogens. And are there any specific products that you recommend? Um, let's say just, I know there's a ton of project products on the market right now that are considered safe. And then there's some that are considered greenwashed. And then there are some that are, are just plain out toxic with the xenoestrogens if there were say two or three products that are your favorite products to use what would those two or three products be in terms of like household products or yes yeah yes i quite like the shop um eco superstore which tends to stop things that are only from plant-based um natural ingredients so things like ecova method i think is quite good um so you can maybe have a look at those but there's quite a good app as well called yucca which Mm -hmm. looks at um the chemical balance and sort of like the the dirty things that are inside different products um so yeah but i would definitely recommend checking out eco superstore because the things that are listed on there you can see all the ingredients and most of them are quite clean Mm, yes, definitely going to give uh, a look at the Eco Superstore. And I can also include that link to that um, store in the show notes below for any of our listeners who are looking for that. So we keep also talking about estrogen imbalance. And some of our listeners might be thinking, yes, well, how do I know if I have an estrogen imbalance unless I go and get my hormones tested or unless I get a lab test done or something like that? What are some signs that you might be able to pick out to show that you have an estrogen imbalance? What are some of those signs and symptoms? 
Well, usually when we talk about this, I like to ask Laura to guess before before we uh, <laughs> Laura, do you want to guess or are you going to hate me for putting you on the spot? No, I'm going to say heavy periods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so definitely, <laughs> she smashed it. So, it depends in terms of what you mean by imbalance. So, the first thing to think about if you're thinking about imbalance is to look at what your ratio is for progesterone and estrogen, because that's kind of what it means. It means that have you the ratio between progesterone and estrogen is it how it should be or not? So, generally, when we look at deficiency in estrogen, it can look like vaginal dryness um, or things like low libido. Um, commonly UTI, so re- recurrent urinary tract infections, because low estrogen can lead to the urethral walls to become too thin, which can lead to more common infections, things like E. coli and things like that. Um, and also when you have low estrogen, you can also have a lower level of lactobacillus that you need in your urinary tract, which fights off foreign invaders. So that's why you can get more commonly UTIs. Things like hot flashes and night sweats, uh, moodiness and irritability, and also weak bones. So if you, for some reason, were experiencing lots of fractures, that could be because of low estrogen. That's obviously quite an extreme example. But the most common one that we tend to see is, is dominance, in my, in my opinion, or my, my clinical experience anyway. So definitely that can lead to things like weight gain, sex drive being decreased, irritability and anxiety. But also one of the most common symptoms, I'd say, is actually gut health problems. And Laura, I don't know if you remember us talking recently on our estrogen episode about the gut and how estrogen impacts peristalsis. Do you remember what that means? Uh, no, I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't test for every episode. So peristalsis <laughs> is, is how quickly your food moves, your body moves your food throughout your digestive system. Um, so basically, if you have too much estrogen, it can cause your food to move really quickly through your digestive system, can present as IBS type symptoms, um, things like that. So, But definitely when we're looking at hormones, it can be things like acne, it can be irregular periods, heavy periods, painful periods. Mm-hmm. What you need to remember about estrogen, guys, is that your estrogen is an inflammatory, can cause an inflammatory response. So if you think of things like pain and heavy periods, that can be sometimes linked to uh, potentially you know too high estrogen yes yes and everything you're saying definitely rings true for clients that i've definitely worked with in their hormones and things like that and there there's two trends that i'm really noticing for women who have um, imbalanced estrogen and by that we mean in ratio to that progesterone is one are women who are just coming off of pregnancy who are postpartum um, they tend to have a really um, imbalanced estrogen in relation to progesterone because they tend to have all those symptoms. They end up having a lot of urinary tract infections. They have a lot of that weight gain. They have a lot of the night sweats. They have a lot of the headaches. They have a lot of the mood swings, which are all signs of that estrogen imbalance, as well as the other time that I see a lot of women having that estrogen imbalance um, in relation to those symptoms as well as those heavy periods is women who tend to be on on birth control. Um, And I'm noticing that to be a little bit more of a trend. And I would love, Atavia, if you kind of explain to us how estrogen imbalances, uh, how birth control, I mean, how birth control can affect your estrogen. Sure. I mean, yeah, I've got a first-hand experience of this as well, which is kind of one of the reasons that I got into nutritional therapy. So if we're talking about the combined pill, so both synthetic estrogen and progesterone, what that can do is actually, it kind of has a two-pronged approach. So on one hand, it can suppress the body's natural estrogen production. So we're not actually producing our own estrogen, which can lead to estrogen uh, deficiency symptoms, or 
And at the same time, it can flood our system with too much xenoestrogen because what is the pill? It's a xenoestrogen, right? It's a synthetic estrogen. It's not really, you know, um, our bodies producing it naturally. Mm-hmm. So what that can do is just crowd out the the systems. You know, we've got all of these little receptors. Say, say if you hold your hand up, for example, and you've got four fingers and one thumb, and those are the estrogen receptors, and you need to have, you know, a couple full at any one time. Xenoestrogen in the pill can overcrowd those and knock out your own natural estrogen, but kind of overcrowd them with xenoestrogens and mean that they're not being recycled. And I think the pill as well, something that people are starting to become a lot more aware of is how the pill can impact the gut. And the gut is really, really crucial in excreting toxins and hormones like estrogen are considered a, a toxin if you have too much of it. Um, so that's kind of one of the ways it, it can it can lead to basically estrogen dominance because you're not able to clear it properly. Something else I, I talk to clients about is how the pill can can sometimes lead to a deficiency in certain vitamins like vitamin B6 which is really crucial in actually clearing that estrogen in the first place. So again, if you're deficient in B6 because you're taking the pill, then the overcrowding of the generation is just going to continue and continue and continue because you're not able to, to get rid of the stuff that's already there. Yes, absolutely. And you talk about, since you spoke about at the beginning of this episode, the xenoestrogens and how a lot of times that estrogen imbalance can come from the xenoestrogens, which are the toxins or the products or the things that we come across in our environment, which is flooding our system with too much estrogen. But birth control is something that if you're on the pill, you're taking it daily. And so now you're flooding your system daily. And I loved how you gave the analogy of of the fingers, the four fingers and the the one thumb, Mm -hmm. because it really helps people to understand that you have again, just just for that hypothetical analogy, you have those five receptors that are uh, receiving the estrogen and now you have the pill that's just over flooding the xenoestrogen into your body, causing there to be an overproduction of estrogen and completely flooding out your natural estrogen, causing the estrogen imbalance therefore causing all those symptoms. So that was really a great way to to put it. And I really appreciate how you gave that analogy. I'm going to actually use that analogy, I think, going forward. So thank you for that, Davia. Um, you mentioned B6 as well. Um, so let's say somebody is on the birth control pill and maybe they're looking to get off or maybe they're starting to maybe they are already off or they're thinking about getting off, but they're really afraid to get off because of all those vitamin imbalances and things like that. What are some ways that you could increase, naturally increase the B6 um, in your body? Are there some foods or things that you would recommend that are high in B6? Honestly, when I work with people in clinic, um, we look at just having a very balanced diet. I I tend to work with people mostly on a vegan diet, but I tend to recommend um, having a a good quality multi-nutrient just because a lot of our food is so overprocessed these days. The soil that is thrown in, me and Laura talk about this all the time. Is it's not grown in a soil that's rich full of nutrients to to create the the B vitamins. Mm-hmm. So generally, I'd say you know obviously under the guidance to make sure you check with your your physician or whoever you're working with. But something like a multivitamin is going to be great because it doesn't overload your system with too much of the of the nutrients, but it can give you quite a good all round support. And there are definitely supplements you can look at which have so they're specifically formulated for for women or for reproductive health. Um, but another thing that can be really useful if you're looking at wanting to clear um, your estrogen or you're on the pill and coming off of it isn't uh, isn't a a, a choice or, or at the moment, then something like cruciferous vegetables really great as well. So things like kale and broccoli because that really helps with the liver detoxification. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the kind of things that I I tend to look at and kind of um, yeah recommend to to people who I work with. Yes, absolutely. And this is kind of all coming full circle back to what we talked about, estrogen and mood. And 
I know a lot of women who are on birth control tend to have a lot of anxiety or depression or things like that. So this kind of explains a lot too. So can you just explain a little bit, if you could, the relationship between birth control and mood and anxiety in relation to estrogen and and how you kind of see birth control affecting mood? Yeah, sure. I mean, in terms of birth control, I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying about the neurotransmitter, so the brain chemicals, because a lot of people don't realize that estrogen is so important for your production of things like serotonin and dopamine and and GABA, which is my favorite because it's just fun to say. But they're all really important to have in balance as well. So if they're a little bit out of balance, you can have too much of one and not enough of the other. So that can cause an excitatory response. So you have too much of something like um, glutamate, which can lead to more of an excitatory response, which can manifest as anxiety. And then you can have too little of something like GABA, which you need to calm and relax. But also because estrogen is a um, inflammatory, it can cause an inflammatory response. If you then get an inflammatory response in the brain, we know that that can lead to things like depression because your brain isn't able to regulate properly. Uh, inflammation is, is quite linked to depression in general. It can impact your gut as well. And your gut is needed to create the bacteria that regulate mood and, and influence your vagus nerve which is really important for a relaxation and anxiety. Um, so that's kind of what I've, what I've seen. But something else is, is that you could also have estrogen imbalance caused by stress in the first place or anxiety. Because if you're stressed and chronically anxious, your body's overproducing cortisol and that's also a hormone. So your body's thinking, right, well, I need to produce loads of cortisol. So I can't really worry about estrogen and all that stuff. I need cortisol because I'm in stress, I'm in danger. So then you end up maybe having a, a depletion in estrogen or other hormones. So it can be sometimes a chicken and egg situation, but obviously when it comes back to the pill, it's usually you know triggered by the pill. Mm, yes. Okay. And I know, like you said, there are a lot of people on, on the pill, but what is also nice is there is definitely, I think there's starting to be a movement towards awareness of what the pill can do for uh can does and does not do for your body and how it affects you um and things like that and i think whether or not you're on the pill or not again that's going to be your choice but i think it is very important that if you are on the pill or you're going to be on the pill or you're thinking of coming off the pill whatever your decision is is that you are informed you're informed about all the things that could happen to your body all the things that are happening to your body um and just because i think that it has turned into almost like it's a privilege that we know about our bodies rather than a right. Um, and I, I really feel that it's our right as females to learn more about our bodies versus just a privilege. And only if you, you know, if you are privileged enough to go find out the information or, or something like that versus it is your right to know and understand before you get put on birth control, what it's going to do to your body, regardless of where you're living or your economic status, or your social status or anything like that. And I really would love if more people could have that change in mindset where it, it is your right to learn about your body. And that's why I'm so happy that you, Atavia and Laura are on this podcast. Cause even though Atavia, you're the one who's kind of giving the bulk of the information on this. I love Laura that you're there as well, because you're able to kind of ask the questions that maybe the person who's not as well versed in hormones and um, psychology and nutrition and all of those things that Atavia is, you're coming from a perspective of every woman, all these questions that you're asking Atavia, um, you're, you're helping all these women better understand their bodies. So this is just 
awesome that you're on here really explaining everything and just helping to get this information out to hundreds of women. And I'm so glad, like I said, that I could have you on and uh, I hope women will check yours out too. And I hope that we can just keep spreading each other's podcasts and information around because it's so vastly important. Um, and I would love, I have two daughters myself, a one and a half year old and a four year old. And I, my hope and my goal is that by the time they are adults and starting to establish families themselves, that the society has transformed their mindset enough that it is our right to know more about our bodies and that it is something that we can really put first versus feeling guilty about putting our bodies first. Um, so I'm really, really happy that you guys are on. To close out and to finish out, if there were just a couple of tips that you could give us um, regarding somebody who is struggling with anxiety or mood or who maybe is on birth control, um, what would just be some quick tidbits of advice that you think that they could really use? Laura, I know you've got one for anxiety that we talk about. Go for it. Oh, um, okay. So when I'm feeling super anxious, um, it's usually when I'm on my way to work in the car. Um, I like to put a song on and sing along, something you have to hold the notes for. For example, I will always love you and I hold the notes and then I kind of come out of shadow breathing and then I'm not even aware that I'm doing it. It's like not a conscious thing. By the time I get to work, I've kind of pulled myself out of that fight or flight. So you want to have a regular period, but you feel like it's not possible going to be so hard, so confusing, and so much time and money to invest. Listen, girl, no, 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 and no. My coaching course, Hormone Healing, is going to teach you how to get a regular period, reduce mood swings and headaches, and have better sex and energy with simple, easy, and tried and true practices. You can literally balance your hormones no matter what stage of life you're in. I'm going to teach you how to do it as you go. I don't want you spending valuable money on scammy fertility apps that just guess at when you're fertile or hundreds of dollars on ovulation strips that really aren't even always accurate. You do not need to do that. I'm going to show you how I balanced my hormones in just an hour or two each week. Literally. Let's make balancing your hormones easy and normalize having a regular period again. So come into Hormone Healing Coaching so I can show you how to get this done faster than you thought possible so you can start living pain and moody free. Hormonehealing.org. Go check it out. That's H-O-R-M-O-N-E-H-E-A-L-I-N-G. Hormonehealing.org. We'll, we'll smooth over this. And if Tavia, if you could give me just a couple of tips on um, some things that might help with that anxiety that you said Laura does a lot in her car. Yeah, sure. So we, we love talking about the vagus nerve, which I don't know mm -hmm. if anybody's uh, looked up that, but we've done a couple of episodes on, on that as well, which is basically the nerve that attaches from your brain to your other bodily systems. So things like your adrenals, your heart, your, your lungs, your gut. And it basically sends messages as to whether or not you're in danger or whether you can relax. So if you focus on working on strengthening your vagus nerve or your vagal tone, that can oh. help to reduce and dampen down your anxiety response. And there's been some information which indicates that daily mindfulness practices can actually strengthen the vagal tone so that you could have the same external triggers like I don't know maybe your your kids shrieking or, or noisy traffic going past the triggers can remain the same but your response to that trigger is lowered because your vagal nerve is stronger so your anxiety response is lower 
So things like yoga, mindfulness, um, humming. So Laura likes to sing, but it's a really good way of activating the vagus nerve. Those are all really great ways to start to strengthen the vagal tone um, to reduce the anxiety response. I love that. I, I've never actually heard about strengthening the vagus nerve in relation to, you know, using almost like as a muscle, the same way you have to work in strengthening. I, I'm also a personal trainer, so I love this analogy too, you know, because in order to strengthen that weaker muscle, you have to use it more. Mm-hmm. And you gave some great tips that you and Laura use. Um, you said Laura likes to to hum and Laura was saying that when she's in the car and stuff, she feels that anxiety. So she'll hung and, and sing. I always love you and things like that, which is awesome. Awesome to hear. So ladies, if you want to hear more about how to strengthen that vagus nerve, how to better increase your mood, how to decrease your anxiety, how to just better balance your hormones and things like that, then I highly suggest that you go speak and find and search out Atavia and Laura's podcast. Um, It is a great one. I'll link it in the show notes. It's teaching my friend nutrition. And of course, you always know where to find me here at the Hormone Healing Podcast so that you can find out more. Atavia and Laura, thank you so much for joining. It was a pleasure to have you. At this point, I'm sure it is getting late for you since you are multiple hours ahead of my time. But I just want to extend my deepest gratitude for you both jumping on the show. Thank you so much. And and it's been great chatting with you. Thanks for having us on. And I would just recommend if anyone wants to check out a specific episode of us, and we've done one called The Dark Side of Birth Control, which seems like it might be fitting after today's conversation. But when you search for the podcast, it just does come up with is acne, anxiety and gut health a health and wellness podcast by teaching my friend nutrition. So if you just type in acne, anxiety and gut health, it should come up too. But thank you so much for having us on the show. We've really enjoyed it. Yes. Thank you so much. And we will be in touch soon. And listeners, I hope you learned something and we'll talk soon. Did you learn something? I did learn something. Leave me a review. Leave me a review. Still looking for more help? I created a hormone balance plan that is easy, natural, and doable. Because that's what we need as busy moms. And I'm ready to share everything with you in your one-to-one hormone healing coaching. Check out the show notes for links and more details. See you inside.